All right. Aaron, you did a great job of summarizing where we've been and what we've done. But I just want to read out the passage of Philippians 4, 4, because it has so much life through verses 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Will be with you. Angie told me that I don't have to tell a story every time, but I'm rejecting that that advice, and I have, to, I have to tell my story. Archer, he, he didn't want to go out to preschool. Maybe he just wanted to hear me tell stories about him this time. So Archer, just try to block yours, okay, dude? He just doesn't care. He said, Dad, I'm going to play some video games on your phone. I, how, how many of you have persistent children? How many of you ha- have had persistent children in the past? Has anyone had children or know the secret to, to the, the relentless pursuit of things in children? I, I give Archer more credit than most, though. I really do. This kid has one of the best memories ever. Maybe, maybe most kids do. It's a lot better than mine. You know those matching card games? Now he's interested. He's, he's just he's perked up. Now that I'm encouraging him rather than putting him down, he said, Dad, I'm not going to listen to that. He's got one of the best memories ever. So have you played those matching card games? You know, you, you put it down, and we've got a Finding Dory one. Um, and so, and we put it down. I bet he beats me legitimately with me trying my hardest. Yeah, he's, he's just, he's talking trash right now. <laughs> he, he beats me legitimately, I'd say probably about 65% of the time. Now, I still beat him, and I let him know when I beat him, but he, he really does beat me. He, he's got such a phenomenal memory. One of, the, one of the downsides of his memory is if I promise that I'm going to do something to him, even if it's an offhand comment and I don't even know what I'm saying, he says, Dad, can you do, and I hear, yes, Archer. He's going to come back, and he's going to remind me of that. He's going to reaffirm the idea. He's going to prep me on it. But I, I give him credit because he, he even goes further than that. I'll tell him, I'll tell him, Archer, no, we can't do that today. I'm sorry, buddy. Or, you know, I'll say, oh, I, I can't do that right now. Okay, Dad, well, when can you do it? I don't know where he's learned these skills. He's probably going to be a very good salesman. So I'm just going to encourage any salespeople. We've got somebody in the making. I'm a horrible salesman. But he says, Dad, when can you do that? And, and he honestly, he, he won't leave it at all oh, in a little while. Okay, and he's not even, he's not disrespectful or rude with it. He's like, okay, what, what does that look like? Give me a number here, Dad. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you would hope that a four-year-old would be disconnected from the concept of time. You know, you would just hope that he would not be aware of what that is. And so if I say five minutes, he, he's fine. Okay, cool. Can you show me where that is on the clock? <laughs> he, he, he's, he's, he's relentless with his pursuit of what it is that I'm... I, I'm trying to usually get out of doing. 
And so much so that he almost always wins me over with his responses to me, even when I tell him no. And, and he does it so good-naturedly. I mean, I, I guess that's one of the things as well. He's just so innocent with it. Um, and if I mention he doesn't settle for later, he, he will then alert me as each minute passes by, and he says, Dad, it's almost time. He, he's ready for, for when it's going to happen, and I, I can't really escape that. And even when I say no, he has this way of talking to me about it where I feel so unreasonable for saying no that I'm like, okay, here, we'll, we'll go and do it, and that we'll end up doing it. But here, here's the point with where I want to go this morning and probably the main underlying thought for this morning, wrapping up our, our talk on think on this, on what the mind and our thinking and where our heart is at. There is overcoming power in the one who won't stop, who is unrelenting. There is overcoming power in the one who won't stop, who is unrelenting. It is so important, and we're going to unpack this concept hopefully this morning. But I just want to do a very quick recap do we remember Aaron already said it for us? But week one was all about what? Surrender. That before any of this is going to um, be able to put into action, we have to surrender our thoughts to God. We have to become made known to him. We looked at the propensity that we have to hide. You know, when it's that vulnerable place, we kind of put shields up. We encouraged in worship in the word, let your guard down, be vulnerable before him. And what happens when we surrender or make known our thoughts to God, when we bring it before him? The peace that surpasses all understanding is going to guard your heart and mind. There's something supernatural that happens when we are made known, when we stop hiding behind whatever barriers we've created and we're vulnerable and open and surrender before him. There is something supernatural that happens, and his protection guards us. We can't do it on our own, amen? We had an interesting conversation, very brief one in staff meeting this week around needing God and does he need us. I, I, don't, I can't answer from his perspective, but I can certainly answer from mine. I need him so much. But that's not just a nice statement. I need him to be able to protect and do those things that I can't do. There's something supernatural. I need his protection. We talked about the influences that come from all over the place. If it's from the enemy, if it's from ourself, if it's from well-meaning other people, wherever it is. And we often assume and take in their influence, but then we hide from God. We talked about the power of being made known to God and surrender. Last week, we talked about if there was one word I would use to sum up last week, it's the ability that we have to choose. I think there is a lie that so many Christians today can believe that we actually don't have choice about what we can think about. But if, if he is saying, think on this, implicit within the statement, think on these things, is that we have the ability to choose those things. It's so important. We talked about the idea of taking captive thoughts, of fighting to take hold of those thoughts. And then the last thought that we had of last week, if we have ability to choose what we're thinking on, we take captive those thoughts, and we don't just take captive. We don't get rid of thoughts. We don't get rid of patterns. We don't get rid of desires and just leave a space for them. We need to what? We need to replace. And what we're filling with that is so important. And this morning, if, if you take notes, this is the thing I'd like you to take away from this morning. The key concept is that we want to not just, not just replace, but we need to relentlessly replace. We need to relentlessly replace. 
Relentless, what does it mean? Unceasingly intense, constant, nonstop, persistent, never-ending. Be relentless with your replacement. Why is, and I'm going to talk more about it, but I, I just want to pause even for a moment. You have to be relentless because this is not a one-time exchange. Because what happens is if you find victory in an area, and then all of a sudden it comes around and it starts creeping again, doubt comes in, unbelief comes in, lust comes in, pride comes in. It comes knocking at your door. And if you're not relentless with this, it will wear you down. If you're not relentless, if you... What's the message this morning? Don't give up replacing your thought life. Don't stop. Be unceasingly intense with replacing that which comes into your heart that is not of God. Relentlessly replace. It is so easy to get worn down by the world and we'll even have seasons of victory. Who's had seasons of victory only to find this next season comes along And you're now in that same place, if not worse than you were before. And you start to challenge and you start to say, was was that even real? What happened there? Because there's this idea that it says, and in the scripture that we read, what does it say? What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. What does practice mean? It means, Caleb, how how often do you practice basketball, man? Pretty often. often. If, If Caleb wants to be... You know, uh, who does he, he likes Damian Lillard. If he wants to be Damian Lillard, he's, he's, he's going to have to work a little, little hard to get there. He's a player in the NBA. They just got bumped out of the playoffs, so maybe he's not that good. But you, you have to be unrelenting in your practice of any kind of sport to be able to get where you need to get. I think as Christians, we can often lose sight and feel like we've lost victory, I would suggest you haven't lost victory, you just need to relentlessly replace as it comes back again. If you catch nothing else this morning, but you catch the heart that you need to be relentless when it comes against you, that is, that's the complete package. Surrender, you have the ability to choose, and you need to be relentless with that which comes along. Be relentless with your replacement. And one of of the things I think that often we would like, at least I would like, I would love for the renewing of my mind to be a one-time event. I I would love it. I would love to go somewhere and like say, okay, God, I'm ready for like a brand new mind. Can you just do this exchange with me um, and I'll be cool. If there's a drive-through option, that would be even better for me. I just, I want to be able to come and have this, I'll even stay, I'll wait in line for a long time for this one, God, if you just make this a one-off occasion. But what, what happens is that we're being transformed from what? From one degree of glory to another. We're being transformed from one degree of glory to another. So this should be very encouraging to you. That this is, this is changed by degrees from his glory. Oftentimes, and I believe God can do the miraculous. I believe he can remove stuff, and I absolutely believe that. However, I think the, one of the ways that he builds character in us, that he builds us to where we need to be, is this process of going from one degree of glory to the next. Don't you hate it when your verse of the day is counted all joy? I do. It was yesterday for me, the, the version app, and I, we also do a verse of the day here. It was count it all joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you're suffering, so that 
it can produce those things in you that you need to be able to do what God is calling you to do. One degree of glory to another. And if we're being transformed from one degree of glory to another, we can't just be unrelenting in a season. You have to be unrelenting as a lifestyle. You have to relentlessly replace to stay in a place of freedom. Otherwise, when that next season, when that next wave comes, if you're unrelenting and you thought that victory already should have happened back there, you're going to be really confused as to why am I going through this again? But can I tell you that if we have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, he's not just going to do that for a season. Now, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So it's not that we walk in fear, but we walk wisely. And we don't give in, and we don't give up, and we're unceasingly intense when those things come back. This is catching something in the spirit, not just understanding I'm going to be really relentless. No, we have to relentlessly replace in our hearts to come to degree degrees of glory. Think on these things. Think on this, our series. What is the replacement? We actually haven't talked a lot about that, and that's what I wanted to talk about this morning. What are we replacing? What are the things that we should be? What, what, what constitutes the things that we should actually be bringing in replacement of? The, the seven things, and there's actually eight, but there, two of them are the same. So I'm going to do seven things that we need to be relentless to implement in our thought lives, in our heart lives, in our desire lives. The Bible interchangeably talks about your hearts and your minds, just like in Philippians 4.8, that he's going to guard your heart and your mind. The first thing that we need to relentlessly replace is what? What does it say in Philippians 4 verse 8? What's the first thing? Truth, truth. So I need to tell you a story, and I need to give you a caveat. Angie, she, she honestly gave me permission to share this story. Since she encouraged me to share stories that did not reflect well upon me last week, I'm now going to share stories about her. And it's to do with her car. Remember, I couldn't change her tire properly, and, and I didn't replace it well. So this honestly happened this week. And I didn't know how I was going to use the story, but it was too good of a story to pass up. And as soon as I came across this, I said, gold. I said, the story's going in the sermon this week. She, um, we've had a very, very busy week getting ready to go to the States uh, this week, this coming up week. We leave really early Wednesday, probably leaving um, probably about 4.30 in the morning. So pray for us just for waking up on time. And so... Um, we've been rushing around, we're doing bits and pieces for all sorts of different things, and Angie was here working, um, and she was dropping off cars, and she was with the boys, and she realized that she had a check engine light on. And she told me, she said, Jesse, I've got a check engine light, we've just gotten the van fixed for something else. I said, hey, just go drop it off at the, at the mechanic, and then you can um, just pick up my van while you're there and bring it over here. And, and it was so funny. We're sitting here, and we're working on something, either prepping for the Go Church thing, I don't remember what. And she looked up at me and she asked me, Jesse, did you, did you by any chance, because I was the one that had last parked her car when she got into it, she said, did you leave the parking brake on by any chance? Because in the States, we don't have hills, or at least where we live, Tucson is as flat as a pancake, so use of a handbrake is non-existent there. And I always put on the handbrake just as a, as a normal thing. She said, did you? And I was like, yeah, I usually do. She's like, I don't think it was a check engine light. I think it was the handbrake light was on. And I said, well, I'm not going to the mechanics. <laughs> you, you, you can go down and talk to them. So Angie went down to the mechanics. And I don't know if you've been to where, where we go just down the road. Rory, who works there, one of the nicest guys, he kept telling her, he said, 
don't think about this again. Don't worry about this. This happens to everyone. I told Angie, that doesn't happen to everyone. (laughs) He was the nicest guy. But here's, here's where I'm going with this. Truth means in accordance with fact or reality. You're false. If you're living in a false reality, if you're living with things that are not true, it takes you in the wrong direction. It was the last thing that we needed was having to be chasing cars that were broken and the stress level of thinking, oh my goodness, where is the money going to come to replace if the engine's busted? Like, we just don't have anything right now. A false reality or when you're operating in something that is not true, it takes your time, takes your energy, and it takes your resources. When you think about things that are based on a lie, and I want to qualify lie because oftentimes we've experienced something and we believe that it's truth. I want to suggest to you that a lie is anything that doesn't line up with who God originally intended you to be. It is so important to catch this. When you base your identity on a lie, and I'm not even suggesting that you haven't experienced things to reinforce those things, but I'm saying if you base who you are and what you've done on a lie, anything that is not who God originally intended you to be, it will take your time, it will take your energy, and it will take your resources. You need to know what God says about you And don't just take this for you, what he says about someone else. Truth. The first thing that we need to relentlessly replace is truth. What is God's truth about you, about someone else? John 8, 32 says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Abide, what does that mean? Hang out, relax, chill, stay, don't leave, right? Abide is I'm in the middle of this and I'm not leaving. What is our thing? Relentlessly replace. If you're staying in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Out of each of these little relentlessly replaced tickets, I've got something, and I'm sure there's multiple somethings, but I've just got something in my own study that I believe each of these does for us. I think too often, how many of us understand that we can agree with a concept, but we don't really know what it does for us? I want to I submit to you for these seven things what each of them do. So what's the first one that we need to relentlessly replace with? Truth. And here's what truth equals for me in this study, and I'm not saying this is the only thing that it does, but truth equals freedom. Truth equals freedom. If you're relentlessly replacing your mind, your heart, your desires with truth, what are you going to get? You're going to get freedom. Amen. I'm going to fly through these only because um, there's six more to go. Honorable. The next one is honorable. Think on this. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable. What does honorable mean? Uh, It means a whole lot of things. Respectful. Let your thoughts be respectful. Let them be filled with honor for yourself and those around you. Philippians 2.3 says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. One of our core values, honor others above yourselves, comes from that passage. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And hear this, Honor is the door that recognizes the value we carry as people made in the image of God. I'm going to say it again. 
Honor is the door that recognizes the value that we carry as people made in the image of God. I want to give you what honor does and talk a little bit more about that. So truth does what? Truth gives you freedom. You replace it. You relentlessly replace truth. You're going to get freedom. Now you relentlessly replace with honorable thoughts, with honorable desires. What are you going to get? You're going to get God on the throne. Honor, at the core of honor, is recognizing if I honor myself, if I honor those around me and my thoughts and my desires, and, and it goes to so many different arenas. It's from pride to lust. To, to if You can go in anywhere, honoring those around us with our thoughts. What honor does is it recognizes that, I recognize that Caleb has been made in the image of God. I recognize that Jeanette has been made in the image of God. And I'm, I'm giving her honor, which recognizes I'm, I'm actually honoring God in those thoughts as well. How often we harbor the wrong stuff inside of us and we replay the wrong stuff. And as such, we're placing our needs above what God's needs are and above what his priorities are. As we relentlessly replace with honor, we're actually putting him back on the throne. I'm going to move through these quickly. I wrote, I wrote on this, not just doing things to please ourselves, me, me, me. Things worthy of honor is thinking of others and putting them before you. Number three, what is number three? Just, whatever is just. Just means whatever is right and fair. I love this one. I always want things to be fair for myself, right? When I get into an argument with my significant other, which it's never Angie's fault, what what. Do you often think that I think that Angie's wrong? I, I often think that I'm right, and I have no idea how she can't see it my way. But, but how true is that of us when we get into conflict? But I want to submit to you, this is a way of thinking that will revolutionize your relationships. Whatever is just. This is a command that God has given us to relentlessly replace this is going to be challenging for me the next time I get into an argument. I hope Angie listens to this and brings it back up to me. Jesse, think on whatever is just for me. Proverbs 10.9 says this, Whoever walks in integrity, unjustly, walks securely. But he who makes his crooked way, whose ways crooked, will be found out. There could be sermons in and of all of these sermons, but I think it is so important if this passage highlights what are the things that you need to think about. I think too often we can read that and understand. I kind of understand what those concepts are, but we don't take time to actually check to see if we're thinking on those things that we should be thinking on. Whatever is just, think on these things. What I believe justice brings to you, integrity, this, this idea of doing what is right, doing what is fair, is that in Proverbs, what does the scripture say? It will bring safety. It will bring security. But those whose way is crooked, who is not doing things fairly, who's looking out for their own interests above others is what? His way is going to be found out before God. This is so important. I think it's too easy to, to, to just jump over these little topics and say, yep, I totally understand what's fair. It's challenging for me to even think in my interpersonal relationships, am I thinking on, am I relentlessly replacing that which is just, or am I relentlessly replacing they totally did me wrong? What do they need to get? What's another one of our core values? We are quick to forgive. 
This is so important. If we want to have long-term victory, you surrender to God. You choose what you think about. But we need to relentlessly replace. And we're going to see, we, we talked about growth. Our heart is to grow. Our heart is to impact those around us. These are the tools that will enable us to do that. Whatever is just, think on these things. Pure. This is, this is the purity. Not, I love the definitions of, of what is pure. And these are just the, the basic definitions, not even talking about morality. But it says, not mixed with any other substance or material. I love that. Not mixed with any other substance or material. And this is the one that I loved even more. It's talking about a pure sound. Listen to the definition of a pure sound. It's perfectly in tune with a clear tone. How many of you think that purity is just like, I'm not not saying us, I'm just saying today, purity is frowned upon just because I don't think they understand the benefit of what purity brings. I'm going to jump to the benefit of what I believe purity brings in this just right away and then we'll, we'll just talk about it briefly. I believe it's just what I just said in that definition, that pure thoughts, relentlessly replacing your thoughts with pure thoughts gives you a a sound that you make as a human being in this life, makes your life have a perfectly clear tune. You're you're just, you're, you're, you're where you should be, you're in the place. You're able to do as purely as possible, as clearly as possible what God intended you to do. When you are not relentlessly replacing this idea of purity, what happens is we start to get mixed with other sounds. And the sound that we make, if it's with anyone else, the thing that we're trying to do, we've talked a lot about purpose last year. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. He's he's created us in the womb for specific things. That purpose will get dimmed, will be mixed with other things if we're not relentlessly replacing Hear this, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's not where we're going with this. That's why we're saying we're going to relentlessly replace. And we're going to choose what we think on. Amen? How many of you want to have a pure sound that when we go out into this community, into our families, in our workplaces, that it's not mixed with anything else? We're able to do that which God has called us to do. Whatever is pure. I love this. 1 Timothy 1.5 says, The aim of our charge is love. The purpose of what we're about is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Pure. The next one. Number five. Lovely. Whatever is lovely. What does lovely mean? It means lovely. We use that word a lot here in New Zealand. I use it a lot. That's lovely. Lovely means beautiful. It means attractive. It's just wonderful. It's nice. Lovely. Whatever is lovely. But how often, and I'll speak for myself, is it so easy to feed on things that are not lovely? Our minds, unfortunately, think about how I was wronged, and I want to continue thinking about how I was wronged, and I want to stay in that place. It can think about things that are not lovely, that are not of good report. Bitterness, anger. How many people go for years and years and years holding on to things, but that's not what the Word says? The word says what? Think on this. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is beautiful. 
And what are we saying? That's just not a nice idea. We're saying surrender, your, surrender it to God, take captive the thought, and then relentlessly replace. Every time your mind wants to go to a place that is not lovely, every time your desires go to a place, this is not wonderful. Hear this in the spirit. Relentlessly fight it. Come like Archer, and he's like, well, Dad, what time are we going to do it? There's no such thing as I'm now giving up. It's when is this going to happen? And I want to I encourage some of you that have been battling with things for years and years and years. Well, God, is, he has not given up on you. He has not forgotten you. In fact, he's been transforming you one degree of glory to another. You just have to have eyes to hear and ears to see that you need to relentlessly replace those things that are coming after you. This will absolutely transform your life. These, I've told so many people about this series. This is not a concept. These are not concepts that are nice concepts, but that are essential. For me and my own personal faith, these have been game changers. Not just saying that I'm stuck with what the world says about me. Not just saying that I'm stuck with what I feel in and of myself, because then it's game over. But what? What does God say about me in relentlessly replacing those things in me that he says who I am? Amen? How many of you know that we need, we have a world that is in need of this, but we need to be carriers of that pure sound. We need to be carriers of these things. Whatever is lovely, I love this. Psalm 84.1 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. What does that say to me? The place where the Lord dwells is lovely. Where he hangs out, now he's everywhere, but where he hangs out, he hangs out in spots that's lovely. I want to make a vessel because we're now the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? There's no longer the physical temple. Then we need to relentlessly make this a place that is a lovely place, that things that are going well in here. So I want the Lord to be with me and near me, and I want to do everything I can to attract his manifest presence for him to do what he needs to through me. What does lovely do? Lovely is this. Lovely is where the Lord is, and I want to be where the Lord is. Amen? How many of you know we can't do it without him? So relentlessly replace those things in you that are not beautiful things, that are not lovely things. Get rid of the ugly, and don't just ignore them. Get rid of them. Replace them with that which is lovely, that which is beautiful. The next one I'm combining into two, six and eight, if you will. Whatever is commendable, if anything is worthy of praise, I looked up commendable, and it means deserving of praise. So I think we're pretty safe to, to combine those two. I just a quick definition of what praise is. Praise is to express warm approval or admiration of, or to express warm approval or admiration of, express one's respect and gratitude towards. I was thinking that the idea of thinking on anything that is worthy of praise, anything that is commendable, goes against our culture that is critical of everything. We live in a culture, and this is just society today. I mean, Trump is not a good example. But I don't know, I don't know any presidents that are a good example. Everybody's on the chopping block for criticism. We live in a culture of criticism. You should have done this better. You should do this. You should be doing this. I, don't, I, I, I think there's a place for feedback in that regard. But what, is, what, is, what does the word say? Anything that is worthy of praise, anything that is commendable, anything that is deserving of praise, think on these things. Is that challenging, I hope, to us to say, 
if I'm spending my time thinking on the, the things that are not going to bring these things that God says into fruition, I hope that challenges us. God died for us, and if he found value in us, we should find value in one another and even ourselves. Matthew 6.22 says this, The eye of the lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be filled of, of light. What you take in determines what you're filled with, and here's where I'm going with this. If, if you're thinking about whatever is commendable, if there's anything worthy of praise, what are you constantly taking in? Life. Things that are worth life. And it says, whatever you take in is what you're going to be filled with. How many of you want to be filled with life? If you want to be filled with life, then relentlessly replace the things in your mind that are thinking about anything that is worthy of praise. Rather than thinking about how you can criticize, even if it's in your own mind, not even just the little comments, think about what is worthy in praise in that person if I'm going to think about them. What is worthy in praise in me right now if you're coming down hard on yourself? Because I, I promise that there is, and if you need some help there, I'd love to encourage you. If you want to be filled with life, Think on these things, whatever is commendable, if there's anything worthy of praise. I hope this is helpful to look at this list of things that God says to relentlessly replace with, because it's not just good to know it in our head, but to say, what are these things that you're actually asking us to replace this with? And I wanted to go the step further to say, what does it actually do in our lives? Each of these things has a physical manifestation of what it does. This is the last one. Everybody say, oh, whatever is excellent. If there is any excellence, excellence means anything that is outstanding or extremely good. Use your time to think on the best of the best. We spend our thinking on things that are so trivial so often. I don't know, maybe it's human nature just to get stuck in the trivial. Relentlessly replace the trivial with only things that are outstanding and that are great. Endless Facebook surfing. Replaying the same negative conversations in your head or thinking on things that have no bearing. In Daniel, it says this, and we've read this before. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. What does excellent thinking get you? It gives you a high level of stewardship. It's the essence of stewardship, in fact. Thinking on excellence helps us to steward what God gave us. Stewardship is maximizing opportunities that always lead to more and greater opportunities. These are not just nice things to think about, and you've now like checked off like, I'm a really nice thinker. Like, I've made it in life. No, no, no. Each and every one of these things has a direct benefit and thing that it will produce in your life. Can I go through them again just very briefly what they do? Truth brings what? Freedom. Honor brings what? God on the throne. Honor in your life will put God back on the throne. And how many of you know we need him on the throne? Justice, integrity brings what? Safety, security. Purity brings what? This is one of my favorite ones. I just love the picture that purity brings you perfectly in tune. Perf purity gives you a pure sound to do what God has called you to do. It's not mixed with anything else. Lovely, what does that do? Lovely is where the Lord is. It's where he dwells, and I want to be in his presence, because in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. 
Number six and eight together, commendable, anything worthy of praise. What does that bring? It brings us life. If we're relentlessly replacing with life, if you have been lacking with life, then you need to relentlessly replace with life. We often say, God, bring us life, and man, I can't stand that lady's shoes over there. It's human nature that we're often asking God for things that he's laid out in his word that he says you need to be relentless in this pursuit. How many, depression is such an ugly thing. It can sneak back. Lust is such an ugly thing. It keeps knocking at the door. Pride is such an insidious thing that we don't see it. Why do we have to be relentless? Because these things are relentless on us. Surrender. Be made known to God. Take captive those thoughts. You get to choose what you think on. It's a lie to think that you don't have a choice. And relentlessly replace. Do not give up. Do not stop. Just because you've gone there before doesn't mean you have to go there again. And number seven, excellence. What does excellence bring us? Stewardship. Stewardship is maximizing opportunities that always leads to more opportunities. Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. He was thinking on excellent things. And as such, what did he get? He got the whole kingdom. He got more influence. He was able to do what God called him to do. Just to close out here. Philippians 4.8 says what? Think on these things. You know, in the King James Version, it says meditate on these things. That's next level. Joshua 1.8 says what? I was watching um, the elders did a, not the elders, um, the pillars did a a filming of wisdom just from the years. And we'll have to show it again soon because it's just filled with good stuff. But I was watching it recently. And Ben, do you remember the verse that you shared? It was was Joshua 1.8. It was the meditate on his word day and night. I want to suggest to you that is relentlessly replacing thoughts in your head that are not giving glory to who God is. Whatever is true, whatever is, et cetera, and you fill in all the gap of those things. Relentlessly replace. And I just wanted to leave you with this last verse, and then I'll go to the practicals to make sure everyone gets their coffee. Philippians 4.13, in that same passage, it says what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My prayer for you and the elders' prayer for you in this season is that you come to a new degree of, of freedom in your thinking. And I, I, just, I just would love to pray for you, and then we'll give you some, um, some, some tips. Father, I thank you that even though I can't do it, I know you can. Father, and we declare over the people that are in this room that we can do all things through you. In your mighty name, Jesus, Lord, we're just declaring war to the enemy that we're going to relentlessly replace, that this is going to be a people that do not give up. You can come again and again and again at us, but we will not give up. We will continue to replace the things that come our way with kingdom mindsets. Father, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is pure, Father, whatever is excellent, Lord, we are committed to to submitting these to you, to choosing what we think about and relentlessly replacing that. Father, I pray for a boldness and a courageousness to look depression in the face and say, I'm going to relentlessly choose something else other than you. 
Lord, for lust and the, and the thing that it can do to grip us, Father, for any other addictions, Jesus. Lord, I speak a spirit of boldness to say to that, that we will relentlessly replace every time you come knocking at the door. Just because it knocks doesn't mean you have to answer. Father, we're speaking for a new degree of freedom, not just so we can be free, so that we can bring others to freedom. In your mighty name, we're saying, have your way in this place, Jesus. Not just in namesake, Father, but we want to surrender to you and everything that you are. All of God's people said amen. Amen. Amen.